Have you ever wondered who was the first person to drink milk from a cow or who became the first person to undergo surgery? Writer Cody Cassidy has pondered these same questions, but for hundreds of different firsts throughout history. Cassidy says that each one has a unique story. For instance, if you were diving in the ocean and came across a muddy shell not knowing what it was, would you crack it open and slurp down the gooey sludge inside? Most people would say no. But there was someone who took this risk. Archaeologists led by Dr. Curtis Marion from Arizona State University pinpoint that early humans living off the southern cape of South Africa shucked the first oyster more than 164,000 years ago. Scientists found fossil evidence in a remote cave showing tools, the remains of a campfire, and discarded shucked oyster shells. Fast forward to present day and the seafood item has become a booming industry. More than two billion oysters are consumed each year. Across the globe, there's evidence of countless other firsts throughout history. For instance, how did the first farmers guess that milk from a cow would be safe for humans as well? It turns out that right about the time of cattle domestication, which is around uh, 10,000 years ago in Mesopotamia, there is evidence that people drank milk because shortly after that is the first time that people, adults, could drink milk. This is sort of when uh, lactose tolerance became. Prior to this, everyone in the world was lactose intolerant after they were children. So we can actually see when the first time this person had drank milk is, or at least geneticists have been able to narrow this to a fairly small window. Cassidy says that many of these firsts were unintentional discoveries and mistakes made through curious experimentation. One of these blunders led to the creation of beer by an early group of hunter-gatherers in the Middle East more than 15,000 years ago. Archaeologists believe that some rotten gruel made what we consider to be a light lager today. They made a watery granola or a gruel and simply left it out in the sun. And yeast would have fermented it within a day or two into a mildly alcoholic beverage, what we would call a beer. And this person, who I called Osiris, had the courage to drink it. And when she did, it was really changed the course of human history because beer can be made from cereals, of course, and cereals are also a food. So when she started gathering cereals intensively, the rest of her community called the Neftufians began gathering cereals intensively. This led to farming. So it was really one of our greatest discoveries, or at least most consequential discoveries, and it was made entirely by accident. Another accidental invention was the bow and arrow. Cassidy learned from Dr. Miriam Hadel, an expert in paleoanthropology, that it was first created for entertainment and leisure more than 64,000 years ago. It wasn't until years later that it was transformed into a weapon. Scientists at Duke University are credited with discovering the first death by bow and arrow. Skeleton remains show that it was an elderly male Neanderthal struck by an arrow in what is now present-day Iraq. It's theorized that he may have still been alive after the arrow pierced his chest, but died within weeks from infection or lung collapse. Some of the other more gruesome firsts are medical inventions, such as the first basic brain surgery, which Cassidy says took place more than 7,000 years ago in eastern France. The two really fascinating aspects of this is that not only how invasive this first procedure was, which is surgeon carved through the scalp with an obsidian blade and then shaved through the skull, 
But not only did the patient survive, which they can tell by looking at the edges of this wound, and you can see that there's been some healing on the bone, but he might have actually been performing good medicine because this procedure has been found in a number of different places throughout the world. And this procedure is performed modernly with different tools, of course, and it's called a, a craniotomy. And it's when somebody suffers like a severe uh, damage to their skull and you need to release pressure from bleeding within the brain. And so there was a lot of wartime going on. There was a lot of wars at this time, a lot of injuries. And in Peru, they found this procedure was performed frequently when there was evidence of skull fractures. So there is certainly evidence that he was performing good medicine. In prehistoric times, this surgery was usually done with sharpened tools made out of stone or wood. The fact that early humans could figure out that creating a hole in the skull after injury could actually help someone by alleviating pressure is remarkable, especially since it's a surgery that's still performed in hospitals today. We know the Egyptians used it to wash their bodies. They're some of the first that we have evidence of using it to wash their bodies. But really, it's sort of been a 4,500-year process of us understanding how great soap is at removing pathogens, germs, and viruses from our hands. really didn't understand it until we had the microscope and could actually see these things. To find out more about the many other firsts throughout history, like who had the first case of smallpox or who invented clothes, check out Cody Cassidy's book, Who Ate the First Oyster? The book is available online at Amazon.com or can be requested at your local bookstore. Check out links, additional resources, and all of our past guests at ViewpointsRadio.org. For more behind the scenes, visit Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Gary Price. Coming up on Viewpoints. Our kids today are getting messages from the media, from their peers, from their peers' parents, teachers, coaches, to achieve, to achieve, to achieve. With so much pressure, when is their time to enjoy being young? Then. The problem is not with the technology, but the planning for end of life. And one of the challenges that we see is 90% of end of life panels end up in the landfill. America's growing solar panel problem. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints.